up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday, so make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show was supposed to be a full 30 minutes appreciating Damian Lillard. When he was traded on Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning, West Coast time, according to the show, and I told you, if you're an everyday listener, shout out to my everydayers, that I didn't want to spend like a little bit of time talking about Dame. It's, it's too important to uh, the fan base, too important to the city, too important to my existence as a person who does this for a living, blazer stuff for a living, or, or or whatever it is, professionally, that I wanted to give it a little more space. And today's episode was supposed to be that. It was supposed to be a full appreciation of Dame's legacy, and, and, and I'm still going to do that. But there's been some reporting that has come out over the last couple of days from The Athletic, as well as Chris Haynes at Bleach Report, that it just kind of paints the end, the breakup between Dame and the Blazers, and particularly Joe Cronin specifically, in a in a light that we have to, you know, it's newsy enough that we're just like I'm not going to hide from it, right? Like it's not what the, that's not what the show is. This is not this is not Dame propaganda hour. Um, even if I would like to appreciate Damian Lillard, his story includes his exit. That's how this stuff works. The totality of the experience includes an an acrimonious exit. Do other Blazer podcasts use totality and acrimonious in the same sentence? Maybe they do. But in any case, the story of Dame's exit includes beef. And beef specifically with Joe Cronin, who... Well, let me let me say this first. The story I'm mostly quoting from here is, or I'm going to reference here, is written by Chris Haynes. And I, I think there's enough publicly out there that Chris Haynes and Dame are boys. Uh, this seems to be an article mostly from the viewpoint of Goodwin's sports management, Damian Lord's representation, and Dame. Um, not, not to say that it is inherently untrue, but um, I would say this is the side of a story painted that, that appears to be, from my read on it, that's painted from Lillard's corner. But the reporting matches what we've heard some other places, including coming out of Miami for months. So uh, take it as you will. Choose your own adventure. But Haynes reports that the Blazers basically talked to the Miami one time. Uh, you know, I think it was reported the Blazers hadn't, um, locally here. It's like the Blazers and the, the Heat haven't even talked. And I said on this podcast, that doesn't make any sense. Well, apparently they talked once at Summer League. And that was right around when I said it doesn't make any sense, right? It's like, of course they've spoken. But I would have assumed that they spoke again. But according to the reporting from Chris Haynes and also the reporting, consistent reporting from the Miami Herald, uh, they didn't. The, the Blazers just didn't contact the Heat about trades. To be clear, the Blazers don't owe Dame the to trade him to his preferred destination. That's not how it works. But they probably owe even themselves the full due diligence of talking to all of the suitors, even if they don't prefer the package. Having the conversation is is is, in my opinion, part of part of the job because maybe 
Maybe you can get more than you think, or at least you can operate with the full deck, right? You don't need to pull out the eight of clubs and say, we're only going to play with 51 cards. The Miami Heat are the eight of clubs in that metaphor. So the Blazers talked at Summer League, and they didn't talk after that. Dame started to get frustrated because it was clear from, uh, you know, his people's conversation with the Heat that the Blazers just hadn't communicated. And in early September, Joe Cronin, according to the Bleach Report's Chris Haynes, stopped talking to, stopped answering calls and text message from Aaron Goodwin, Dame's agent. Prior to that, Goodwin and Cronin had set up a meeting where Cronin was going to go meet with Damian Lillard. So early September, Cronin is, is reportedly ignoring Goodwin's calls, but he's going to meet with Dame. And so they do. They meet September 5th. Cronin goes to Dame's house. And according to Chris Haynes, they, you know, have it out. Why won't you, you know, what, I want to get traded to the Heat. I don't like what the Heat's package is. Okay, then, then you know, um, why won't, uh, if you, if you, why don't you just call them and ask for everything? I'm going to do that if I call and they're not going to say yes. And, you know, they get into it, right? Chris doesn't paint, uh, show all the details there. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of adding a little color, but they have a long conversation. I want, I still, still want to get trades of the heat. Dame's stance is firm. But then Dame says, according to Haynes, that if he's not going to get traded to Miami, he would prefer to rescind the request and come back to the Blazers. And Joe Cronin tells him there's no coming back. It's done. And Dame was reportedly pretty surprised because he didn't think the situation was, I can't come back. Once you've asked for a trade, it's over. And that's what Cronin, according to Chris Haynes' reporting, told him. There's no coming back. But Dame still was on the team and hadn't been traded yet. So on September 11th, about a week later, it's a Monday morning, he starts going back to the Blazers practice facility to get his workouts in. And everybody he sees greets him, except for one person, according to Haynes. That one person is Joe Cronin. And once Dame realized that, according to, on the record, Dame says this, is that once Dame realized that Cronin was not, was, you know, avoiding him, was not speaking to him, he made sure not to speak to him. He said, cool, if that's how we're going to do it, Great. Then it's not. It, it. Then we. Then we won't. Then we won't talk. Fine. So now Dame's back at the facility for like a week, a little more, eight or nine days. No contact with the with the GM, but seemingly friendly with everybody else. But still, there's no conversation between. There's limited conversation between Goodwin and uh, and there's no still no contact between Good, Goodwin, Dame's agent, and Joe Cronin, and this is a big one here. September 23rd, Saturday, the NBA sets up a call with Joe Cronin, with uh, a member of the uh, league's league's PR team, with Goodwin, with Damon Lord, with a representative of the league's um, uh, the Players Association's legal representative and one of the Blazers' legal representatives, like a, a lawyer for the team. And they have it out again, right? Why aren't we communicating? How are you going to ignore me? And the league is trying to facilitate this. Like, if the NBA has to step in to say you got to talk to someone's agent, that's not a good look. That does not look good. <laughs> a few days later, Wednesday, t- September 27th, Damon Lord gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Prior to that, his agent had made, his cle- made it clear that um, Brooklyn and Milwaukee were also acceptable destinations if Miami wasn't going to be one. Joe Cronin found 
a destination that was acceptable. He traded Dame to go play with Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's a really good landing spot for Dame. I think you don't even need to be... I was a little overblown that the Miami package was terrible or whatever. But um, it is not... I don't think it is controversial to say the Bucks package is more appealing because uh, Drew Holiday is more flippable, more tradable in the future, right? Like, I think that's a totally... If you think that, that's totally fine. I, I think I think that. I don't think I don't think I think that super strongly, but I, I think I lean that way. Uh, and I think that's that's a reasonable opinion to hold. If you, if you um, are a Heat fan listening to this and you're like, the Heat would have given up so many picks. Sure, 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 right? Like, I, 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 I think the point is that the Blazers preferred this and that moreover, the Blazers might not have just been calling back the Heat out of spite, it sounds like, or at least out of bad blood, right? We don't like your deal and we're angry at Aaron Goodwin and we're not going to deal with it. That's... That seems to be the picture that's being painted. It's not too dissimilar from the lack of communication reported by the Miami Herald. Uh, Aaron Goodwin gave a, a quote on the record to the Miami Herald saying that uh, the Heat did everything they could, but it takes two to tango. Again, kind of painting Cronin in a bad light. The reporting from The Athletic suggests the same thing, that the Blazers, the Blazers just basically never communicated with the Heat. Good, bad, whatever that you think of the deal. Not communicating with the Heat is a bad look. It's not a bad look to not like their offer. It's not a bad look to not take their offer. you got to do what's right by the franchise, right? Like That's why you have the job. And if you think you're doing right by the franchise, you do it. But I think making one call to the preferred destination, one conversation, one formal conversation from July to, sep- to see, middle of September, whatever, the last week of September, September 27th, 11 weeks, 12 weeks. That seems like a it seems like mismanaging it a little bit maybe not wrong and maybe a totally positive outcome in the end like i think the blazers did a pretty good job here with the trade overall but the the way the reporting has come out it doesn't look like they handled it very well and so dame leaves bitter right he leaves bitter he wrote a long instagram post uh, he also posted on social media or on his twitter handle or twitter feed as well but um and he thanks everybody, right? Thanks everybody. Um, a bunch of assistant coaches from past, from Terry Stotts' staff and assistant coaches from Chauncey's staff and Chauncey and Terry Stotts and Blazers' old PR staffers and uh, media members and a bunch of Blazers' like secondary folks who you see behind the... Um, Behind the scenes, if you like, you know, just like folks who work for the team behind the scenes. Long, nice shout out to the legend Sherry Hansen and my main man JT. He didn't mention Joe Cronin. Dude went out of his way to write a kajillion words and thank everybody. Didn't mention Joe Cronin. He released a, a, a rap track called Farewell, in which the end of the song complains pretty directly about the way he feels like he was treated by the Blazers. Damon Lewis is probably going to end up happy in Milwaukee. It's probably going to be a good situation for him. But I would say through the moment he was even traded to the Bucks, he wanted to be in Miami. And my read on him, to be clear, let me be totally clear, my read on him saying, I'd, 
like to rescind the trade and come back is that um, if you want to end up with the Miami Heat, staying in Portland until you trade to Miami is your best path there. Um, Milwaukee's not going to trade you there. Brooklyn's not going to trade you there. Toronto's certainly not going to trade you to the Heat. If you want to end up in Miami and you can't get it done in September, coming back to the Blazers and, and, and getting Kevin Durant and getting traded eventually there in a few months was Dame's best path forward. I don't think, I don't read that as Dame was like, JK, no trade request. I'm here forever. I think it was, then don't trade me then. Like, don't trade me. That's my read. That There's no reporting there. That's just my, my personal read, and I'll throw that out there. This show is supposed to be out appreciating Dame. I think it is a bummer the way this has ended because all breakups end bad. That's how this stuff happens. All breakups end bad. But this today, I wanted to make this show not about feeling upset that a franchise player had lost had had you know has left your team and all that stuff like i wanted today's show to be about appreciating what what dame meant for a more than a decade for 11 seasons with the blazers and i still intend to do that because i am if nothing else uh committed committed to joy to appreciation and to to um maybe toxic nostalgia so let's wade into the recent past and appreciate what Dame has meant. The exit is part of the story. The sad breakup is part of the story. The, the, the sort of, I don't know if it's mismanagement, but the, the seemingly bungling interpersonal relationships by the Blazers front office seems like an unfortunate part of the story, but so are all the little moments that added up that got us here. Let's go back and revisit some little moments to close the show and Talk a little about what Dame meant to to me, to you, to us, the community, and all of that. That's what we'll do to close the show. We'll do in the second, third segments, rather. I want to tell you about DoorDash first. Uh, DoorDash is just, you know it because it's the way that you've got warm food to your house, right? And you're like, I don't want to cook, but I'm hungry. And I have this app on my phone where I can get food delivered to me. And DoorDash does it quickly and easily, and it's super simple. A couple taps and the food comes. But now... DoorDash is expanding their offerings. Life's busy. Maybe you don't have time to go to the grocery store. So DoorDash is going to step in and go get groceries for you. The same way you used to order food from your favorite restaurants. You can get grocery delivery. They got thousands of grocery stores to choose from. Find the best in your neighborhood. Get what you want. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So just sit back and chill. Pick out your groceries on your phone. And if you want to save even more, why not get zero delivery fees on all your eligible orders when you sign up for the Dash Pass membership? Plus, when you're making orders, they got easy substitutions right in the app and best in in class customer support. So DoorDash is going to deliver groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off your DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code locked in MBA. Check out limited time terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter that code locked on. Don't forget that's code locked on for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right. Let's appreciate Damian Lamont's Ollie Lillard Sr. A lot of times I will get, often I will get the question um, when I'm in the, in the lockdownblazerpod.gmail.com is the email address. People send me an email. It's like, hey, Mike, what's what's your favorite uh, Dame memory? What's your favorite Dame, whatever it might be? Uh, because I want to hear what you think. 
So I'm not going to do exactly that. I'm going to share some of my favorite moments for sure. Uh, but my favorite Damian Lillard moment is like, is the him hitting a buzzer beater with 0.9 seconds left to beat the Houston Rockets. It was incredibly, it was in the moment epic and you knew it was special. The moment it was like, it was like one of those things like historic moment, bang, <laughs> like, you know, and, and I was lucky enough to be there covering it for work. Like it was, you know, it's like, um, in the gym for special moments. Right. So I think some of my favorite Dame moments are the smaller, quieter stuff. And it was the things that made you know early in his career that he was going to be special is what really sticks with me. And I'll, and I'll share a story along the way. Um, I do think <laughs> there is a tendency for media members to put themselves in this story a little bit. And I am not part of Damian Lillard's story. I'm some dude. So I do feel a little bit um, awkward about the, placing myself in the narrative. So I'm going to try to place myself next to the narrative and bring you along with me. One of my favorite early day memories is rookie year when he hit his first game winner against the uh, New Orleans Hornets. I remember it. That was before I was covering the team. Uh, I didn't start covering the team until till the uh, end of the 2014 or 2013-14 season. That's Dame's second year in the league. So um, Dame's first year in the league, he's he's uh, he hits a three. He's like um, he's the inbound passer, and he hits a three um, from uh, off an inbound play, off the sideline inbound play, or maybe Babbitt's the inbound passer, and Dame just Dame just ignores Babbitt. I think that's actually how it went down. But he hits it over Ryan Anderson on a switch, and Mike Rice loses his mind, and Dame stoic walks down the court, no emotion, kind of like. I knew that was going to go in. Too cool for school after a game winner. Incredibly fun. Take that grievous, Vasquez. When it really got going, though, was in December of his second season. On the road, East Coast trip, Blazers go to Cleveland. Dame hits a game winner. Uh, Excuse me, Detroit was the first one, rather. Detroit, game winner. Rodney Stuckey, in your mouth, bye! Like a little fading um, turnaround at the elbow. Gets it late, drives into the paint. Soon he, as soon as he gets Stuckey on his heels, turns, pivots, fade away, cash, game winner. Then a couple nights later, against Cleveland, Alonzo G, future Blazer legend, sizes him up, walks him down, splash, in your face, three, game winner. Back-to-back wins at the buzzer by Dame in his second season. He'd already won unanimous rookie of the year. He was already so special. And then he's like, okay, I'm about to, this is about to be my thing. I always have a flair for the moment. And that's, that's really what Dame is, right? The other thing I'll remember is, is December of 2014, Damian Lillard engineers a comeback from down 10 with 90 seconds left in Oklahoma City. And then they win in overtime. And after he hits a three late in in uh, in OT, he takes his left index finger and taps his right wrist and yells, you know what time it is. And I was on the road for this one because it was right before Christmas and Joe Freeman didn't want to go to Oklahoma City right before Christmas. It was like December 23rd or something, as I remember, maybe 20, December 22nd. It's like right, right before. Joe didn't want to go. He said... You go, youngster. And I asked Damon in the locker room what that is. 
And he said, that's Lillard time. It's for my family. Dame was the one who came up with Lillard time. Could have called it Dame time in the moment. Told me, a reporter for the Oregonian at the time. Lillard time. The origins of it. Beating Russell Westbrook. Tapping his wrist. Dude had a flair for the dramatic. Another Dame favorite of mine. In March of 2015, he went 1 of 13 against the Lob City Clippers in, uh, in L.A. He was so bad on offense. Five turnovers. He sucked. He had 18 rebounds. And the Blazers won in overtime. Shout out to Robin Lopez, box out king. Robin Lopez, one defensive rebound game, 17 in that game. 18 boards, found a way to win. It was just a classic kind of, uh, we needed something else from me and I can't score at all tonight. So LaMarcus is going to score and I'm going to do something else. 18 is a lot of rebounds for anyone. It's a ton for Damian Lillard. It was a special night and a weird one. I will remember a conversation I had with Dame in the spring of 2015. I was working on a story and I was sitting with him pre-game. This was in the the, the days when media media was a little more lax pre-game and I'm, we're just chatting. Um, and he was, it was, a, it was coming up in the all-star voting and it was the first year without LaMarcus and he was asking me if I thought he was going to uh, it must have been that much of 2016 then. It was, it's, um, I was, he was asking me if, uh, if he was going to make the all-star team. And I, I said, to be honest, I don't think so. And he was like, man, I was like, I don't. And I started listing off players. And I'm saying, you know, I'll listen off guards in the West. And oh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. He's like, um, you know, it's just like there, there's, it's, it's crowded. Kawhi Leonard. It's like it's gonna, it's gonna be tough, man. And then I said Dirk. Dirk's old at this point. Like he's, this is the, the tail end of his career. And Dame looked at me like, Dirk, what the? And the and what I told him was like, hey, the All Star Game's a fraternity, man. It's a fraternity. Like it's like once you're in, you might be in. And Dirk's been in forever. And like you know, you've only made two, and you're just like you missed it last year, and you just might not be you might not be part of the fraternity yet. But I will remember that look where he was like, you know, I gave him six, seven, eight names, and he's like, yeah, you might be right, you might be right, you might be right. And then when I gave him a name that he didn't agree with, he was, he made sure I knew it. He was, he was he was willing to take the honest feedback of me being like, I don't, I don't think so. And listen to my logic. And then when I hit something he didn't agree with, he made sure that I knew that I was an idiot. It's a great day moment. Some other ones, some little ones, 50 and three quarters against Sacramento in 2018. Um, there was a game the following year, November of 2018. It's the 2018-19 season. Uh, Dame is with the Blazer in Orlando and there's a guy at half court, like sitting courtside, who's heckling Dame in the whole first half and he's struggling a little bit. And then in the second half, Dame had 27 and hit seven threes and he started yelling at the dude, it's your fault, he did that, blame him. Um, needed a little external motivation and had 27 and seven three-pointers because somebody was heckling him courtside in the city beautiful, uh, a classic Dame game. And even last year, 60 against Utah, then a month later, 71 against Houston, when it's just like, I'm if if you need me, I'll put the cape on. It, he was 
those were those are kind of the mundane Dame games, right? Regular season games, little moments where it's just like you know he's special. But what makes Dame special is he has this unwavering confidence. A certain type of bravado. It's not quiet, right? It's not a quiet confidence. It's loud. My man invented a watch tapping thing. It's loud. It's more bold than brash, but it is not quiet. But it is... It is understated in the way that it is in your face. Because he's not a screamer, but he's a poser. He's a little, he'll strike a pose. But the reason that Dame has always said that he was willing to take the biggest shots is because he was willing to miss the biggest shots. He said it, I've heard him say it a bunch of times, a, a line he's repeated a bunch. He always thought the Blazers had a chance up until he didn't. And that's why they broke up in the end. He had an unwavering belief that they could get it done. And then there was a moment when it broke. For me, I think that broke when he scored 55 and 10 and they lost that playoff game because Robert Covington missed a dunk and CJ McCollum stepped out of bounds. But that was a decade in. And for a decade, Dame was supremely confident. Let's talk about the moments, the biggest moments he seized and my favorite image of Damian Lillard. My favorite Damian Lillard moment. Truly the one that will stick with me and I hope sticks with you. Join me in the third segment. I'll share those with you. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. I share the little day moments, the, the sort of... Uh, I'm a basketball junkie. I love this stuff. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. So the regular season, I love. I love 27 and 7 threes in the second half in the November game in Orlando. That's basketball poetry to me. But Damian Lillard has authored two of the biggest moments in franchise history. With apologies to Kevin Duckworth, it's probably the two biggest singular shots in the history of the franchise. I was in the gym for both of them. I've been very lucky and fortunate to do this professionally for about a decade to varying degrees. I try not to take that for granted because it can feel like work sometimes. And it shouldn't. It should feel like fun. But there are moments that it feels like fun. There are moments that it feels so, so, so special to be there. And in 2014, when Damian Lillard hits a shot against the Houston Rockets to give the Blazers their first trip, their first series win in 14 years, head, head to the second round, avoid a Game 7 in Houston, and then he walks over to the microphone and yells, Rip City. And nobody left their seats. They stayed to cheer and bask in it and melt in how special it was. He just understands the moment. He wants those moments. The play was for LaMarcus Aldridge. And Damian Lillard realized that Chandler Parsons wasn't close enough to him. Ran and got the ball from Nicholas Batum. Turns, raises up, fires. He got it off. He hit it. The Blazers win. 
the Blazers win for the first time in 14 years. The Blazers win the series. An iconic moment. Iconic moment. Truly special. I, I, to me, bigger than the one in 2019 because the Rockets had just scored on a putback. They were winning. If they go to a Game 7 in Houston, they are losing there. They could not win in Houston. They, they, it, it had become clear after those first two games that LaMarcus stole that they were not going to win on the road. And they had basically lost on a putback bucket on the other end. If Dame doesn't hit that, they lose the series. And 14 years of angst and waiting for the next guy to come and win a series for as good as Brandon Roy had been, they'd never won in the playoffs. Dame delivered. And then Dame grabbed the mic and yelled for the city, for the location, for you, Blazers fans, for you. He yelled and said, this is for you. Grab the mic from Mark Mason. <laughs> and then he did it again. <laughs> In 2019, it's different. Dame has been awesome in the whole series. Awesome in the whole series. And it has clearly become very much a rivalry with Russell Westbrook in a way that the uh, modern NBA doesn't often become, right? Doesn't In fact, both guys have downplayed it since then. But they, they really had a fierce rivalry for a second. And Dame lets the clock wind down. Waves off a screen, waits, waits, waits. Now he's waited too long. Shoot it. And he does. From 37 feet away, cash, 50 points on the night. The Oklahoma City is done. Eliminated from the from the, the playoffs in five games. And Damian Lord waves them goodbye in what he would later say is like his toddler son waves because he's their daddy bye Oklahoma City would blow up the franchise within a few months um, they rebounded very well but it was an epic moment and instead of grabbing the mic Dame took a lap he took a lap. He got dogpiled on the floor. Gets up from his teammates, mean mugs the camera, and then walks around the stadium, dapping up fans, high-fiving his agent, high-fiving uh, one of the Adidas reps, and just basking in it. And again, nobody left. And they didn't leave because they knew back in five years ago, you don't leave when Dame does this because he's going to let you bask in it. He understands the moment. He wants it. Dame has an unwavering belief. It's why he takes those shots. But he also really appreciates the moment. He... What makes Dame Dame is that he is... When the Blazers were swept out of the playoffs in 2018, he didn't want anyone to get fired. He didn't want them to trade CJ McCollum. He didn't want them to fire Terry Stotts. He said, listen, we were we won 48 games. We were good. We were the third seed in the West. We're good. Give us another shot. And they get back, and he hits that shot in 2019. And then they beat the 
the Denver Nuggets in the 2019 Western Conference, or Western Conference semifinals to make the Western Conference finals. And this is my favorite Dame moment. It's my favorite image of Dame in a Trailblazers uniform. He wasn't good in Game 7. He had struggled in that game. CJ McCollum was awesome, and he carried the Blazers home. Iconic block to, 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 to save a layup on Jamal Murray, and, and he was just freaking great. Dame struggled. He was not good in that game. Hit a big three late, but, but for the most part was not good. Nobody was good on offense in that game. Everyone was tired. It's been a long series. It played four friggin' overtimes. Shout out to Rodney Hood. But Dame does the walk-off interview on ESPN. It's an afternoon game. Afternoon game seven in, in Denver. And Dame does the walk-off interview on ESPN. And then his teammates are already in the locker room. So he has to join them. And he has to walk from the court to the locker room in 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 Denver. It's, it's, it's not a super long walk at the what was then known as the Pepsi Center. It's just a little hallway uh, through some... Uh, take a quick right turn here there. And Dame is so happy he doesn't know what to do. He puts his hands on his head... He starts skipping and then beaming. Smiling ear to ear as he makes this short jog from court to locker room to celebrate with his teammates. The biggest accomplishment of his career with the Blazers. Dame appreciates the moment in real time. As he walked off the court... He knew we're still playing. We won a game seven and we're still playing. We're going to the Western Conference Finals. We won this game seven on the road. We get to keep playing. And he couldn't hide his joy. If you know this show, you know I'm pro-joy. And that moment from Dame is what I will try to remember about his oeuvre about his career, about what makes him him. It is this, it is an unwavering belief that if you give him a chance, he can get it done. And then when he has these moments to get it done, he sits in it because he appreciates it in real time. He recognizes the moment in real time. He did it in 20, he did it in 2014. He did it in 2019 when he, in the bad shot, Paul George is right. It was a bad shot. And then when they made the Western Conference Finals, he knew it, he appreciated it, but it was more private then. It wasn't for you. That moment was for him. And for him, it was unbridled joy. Damon Lowe had understood the moment. It is sad that he is going to play for another team. It, it is time it's probably the right time for the franchise to move on from them. Once they, the decisions they've made over the last couple years pointed in this direction. They may have said one thing, but they were marching in this direction. And in part of me, most of me, in fact, is glad that there is a resolution. Not just because I was tired of talking about it on the stupid podcast. Don't feel sorry for me or I am here by choice. But because... I was ready for the next era. 
of Blazer basketball. They have a clear off-ramp to be the next thing. I'm glad they've chosen it. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the next era. But I appreciate what Dame did here. All of my professional life covering the Blazers has been with Damian Lillard on the roster. I've never covered the team when he's not part of it. And frankly, where he's not the, you know, biggest dude on campus. He was um, LaMarcus's sidekick when I first started. It was LaMarcus's final season. And then he was the guy. And he was special and fun and his own brand of corny and determined and unrelenting. And then in the, what I'll remember, joyous, joyous at his accomplishments, able to appreciate things in real time, able to appreciate the moments. So however you feel, if you feel devastated that Dame's not on the team, if you feel happy that the Blazers didn't trade him to the hated Miami Heat, if you feel frustrated with the way it ended and frustrated Joe Cronin and frustrated with the way that Aaron Goodwin and Joe and Damian Lord handled it the summer, if, whatever you feel, feel it, whatever you got to do. And then if you can, before the season gets going, think about your favorite moments, your appreciation and your joy that Dame brought you because all of this stuff ends somehow, right? Like Dame didn't want it to end. He wanted to retire here. Until he didn't. And then he very specifically wanted to go play for another basketball team. Things change. You get older. And you want different stuff. And I think it's okay to want different stuff. But it's also important that when something brings you joy, you don't throw it out. So if Damien Lord has brought you joy over the last decade plus, if you've grown up, as many of you probably have, or grown old, as some of you probably have. Sorry, y'all. Watching Dame for the last 11 seasons. Do me a favor. This is a Friday show. Spend a little time this weekend. Give yourself, I don't know, 0.9 seconds to remember some joy that Dame brought you and appreciate it because you get to hold on to that even when the next era comes. Speaking of the next era, Monday is media day. <laughs> That's Monday, October 2nd. The new era will begin in earnest. Joe Cronin's going to speak. Um, it, we're in for it. We've got a lot going on. Um, it's going to be, we have a jam-packed lead up to the regular season. Uh, I've got shows lined up talking with Kane Pittman of Locked on Bucks about Drew Holiday and, uh, uh, Brendan Clean of Locked on Suns about DeAndre Ayton. We'll talk about the new guys a little bit, and we'll, we'll talk to Money Kamara as well. Um, at some point, we might get a Drew Holiday resolution. We'll continue our um, player previews as we head into training camp or and, and, and beyond. Like it, it's, it's here, and the new era is upon us, and I'm going to bring you shows Monday through Friday from now until the season's done and even beyond it. So tell your friends about this program. 
then come back on Monday for Monday's show. We'll preview uh, important questions to ask, the biggest questions facing this team heading into media day. That'll be Monday's show. And we'll do more next week. Some of the ideas that are some of the uh, topics I just told you about. So tell your friends, come back for more. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.